Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. React if you have to. Yeah. Don't know the time, but just wait it on. Yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. What's on your mind? Yeah. We're hard to find, yeah Beautiful mind, yeah Still in my prime, yeah Just know that I'm here What's up guys, Pondoff Synonymous Episode 17 Live from my shitty basement And Jeff's uh, potpourri tea sipping room (laughs) That's right Where the fuck are you sitting? You know, I've decided I was going to move I've left my wife I've moved to some swanky New York apartment so I could ah. get all the uh, all the coronavirus <laughs> for myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I you got yourself a nice little background there. Yeah, man. I should maybe hold on. Maybe I should I should do this real quick. So here's where I'm actually sitting. <laughs> for those who are watching us on video, it's a green screen. Oh, ah, so th- <laughs> oh, oh, it's a green screen. So yeah, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking. That's about. right. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that looks fancy, brother. I, I guess, uh, is that, is that your nice little piano in the background? And... Yeah, let me turn around and play it. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Uh-oh. I swore. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> so, um, man, it's good to hear your voice, see your face for, for those of you that don't, uh, well, that just how this works i mean jeff and i are we text often all day all week but we don't like call and talk to each other on our uh on our landlines and like three-way in a a girl that we like and you know we're not sitting (laughs) did you used to have i had my own line oh Um, i did too man yeah i uh we would do the three-way calls quite a quite a bit and like junior high and that's junior high really because in in high school, I mean, we had pagers, and then I think cell phones towards the second, probably junior, senior. Yeah, I'd say we had cell phones probably yeah. in high school. I got my phone when uh, I turned 16, the old Nokia. <laughs> yeah. Played Snake. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I was awesome. I'd kill anybody <laughs> in Snake. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see you and, and, to, and to chat uh, as we're, we're in the middle of it. Um. How's quarantine life for you, Jeff? You know, honestly, as a as an introvert, it hasn't been too bad. <laughs> you, on the yeah. other hand, are an extrovert, so and you're like my wife. You know, mm-hmm. I can't get alone time, so I'm actually I actually am seeing too many people by seeing one person who needs to talk all day long. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's. You, yeah. I'm hearing. Uh, I'm hearing Ashley come out in you be- because she's. Uh, I don't know if I've said this before. She is also an introvert, but she uses the analogy that she's like a an ice cube when when she's extroverting. And oh, yeah. so she melts, 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 and then eventually like after after a night of a lot of socialization or whatever the fuck we're doing, she she needs time to refreeze. So like she needs to go back in the freezer, which is probably her nice way of saying don't fucking bother me don't talk to me give me a book and a couple hours upstairs and 
shit like this. So, so she needs to refreeze. So that makes sense. That to being, me. yeah. That being said, she's surrounded by uh, myself and and Charlie's turning into quite the little mini me. Uh, so we <laughs> just imagine, brace yourself, but imagine a. 36-year-old Chris Pondoff and a 6-year-old Chris Pondoff. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and I think uh I think she think I'm glad Easter is he is here. Uh this will this episode will be dropping on Monday after Easter. Um but I'm kind of using the whole Holy Week. It's Easter as like give me some fucking grace please cuz right. she's about ready to she's about ready to fake her own death and and uh <laughs> It, it go on. That's what I was telling. Yeah, I was telling some people today that that uh, my wife is probably looking up a divorce attorneys right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, fuck, am I that fucking difficult to live with? I don't know. Maybe I am. I guess I. Well, we're just we're doing okay, but yeah. the quarantine bug is real, um, and that comes from a uh, a place of gratitude. You know, we're we're making light of it and i know people are dying and and i love what uh the the governor of of new york i i I try to stay off of the the shit as much as i can but get about 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the evening and then maybe like on the weekend go off believe it or not a whole day without having you know three letters news mm-hmm. abc cnn ddd hhh you know F-O-X. hiv <laughs> f-o oh well <laughs> nice well played jeff the liberal that's right beating the drum beating the drum <laughs> fucking asshole i love it um hey, man, you're, you're, funny, rub, you're rubbing off on me a little bit not not the conservative part but the <laughs> the funny <Sure>. part <laughs> yeah there you go the smart ass part. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, that was good. Uh, basically, we try to stay out of it. And um, he said, you know, as the numbers come in, like each number represents a life, which represents a grieving group of loved ones, family members, and to try to keep it in front of everyone. So we realize how serious all this shit yeah. is. And um, it goes back to that. That thing we said back with Jeff Stevens, uh, the founder of Wellbeing Brewing, uh, when he said one, you know, you get one person gets sober, ten lives change. Yeah. Well, that's like that ain't shit compared to one person fucking dies, ten plus lives change. You know, right. and that's what's happening. So when we bitch about the quarantine, I think you guys fucking know it. I mean, I I know we gotta careful with all the woke shit, but we're we're saying it, and I mean it. We're saying it with from a place of gratitude and. uh and we're also grieving. I I don't think I've had a whole lot of time, and maybe I sometimes I'll probably fucking repeat myself on from episode to episode. But <clears throat> we've had guests on uh, the last couple weeks, I think, and um, I understand that this is a real tough the grieving period. And I, and Jeff and I probably spoke about that. We did do that one quarantine episode, mm-hmm. and where. You know, I'm fortunate enough where we still have income rolling into our household um, from both me and my wife. And, and as we're, it's like survivor's guilt. And I had a bad case of it um, when I was little and growing up through until today. I mean, it's it's kind of fucked up. Like, 
during that go-kart accident that I talked about um, where my best friend was killed when I was little and you grow up like, well, it wasn't, well, you know, I was lucky to survive. I'm happy that it wasn't me, but they are also brutalized, like fucking gut-wrenched. And you have parents, um, for instance, my parents... My, uh, I always hear the story that when my grandparents got the call about that go-kart accident, they were, like, immediately relieved with joy that it wasn't me. But then they, like, immediately, you like, got crushed with grief. Like, and you can do both at the same time. You can feel both at the same time. And I've never understood that as much until I started fostering that you can you can feel all kinds of different emotions at once and it's fucking hard but that's kind of how i feel now during this shit like mm-hmm. i got a money coming in um ashley and i are blessed enough that but you know my fucking cousin is like my brother's a restaurant owner and he's getting fucking crushed right now yeah uh and I mean, not to mention the people that are that are sick and dying, and all the healthcare workers. We've talked about that, and mm-hmm. anytime we talk about the quarantine, it's not ever forgotten. We're fucking so mindful, and um, and I don't feel that I need to explain my sense of humor too often, but I do wanted to. I did want to take this time and platform to to uh, to explain that that. You know, and I know Jeff feels the same way. We talk, we do text about that quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, like, fuck, the other day I was bitching because I, you know, well, this would have been a real problem had I run out of Andrea's steak sauce. <laughs> right. um, but I, I, that's problem's been rectified and I'm good to go. I've had about a, about six to, tw- six to eight weeks of, uh, if I ration it out on, on my, on my grilling, but, um, you know, I was bitching the other day that, you know, fucking daytime television sucks, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> cause I don't want to watch the news like we just said, but I'm fucking, besides my story, um, and I've been, you know, when, when I'm I'm working and I got the TV on, it's in my office, and, um, you know, I always have it usually during the day on Channel 4, which at a, from 11 to 12 is the Young and the Restless, which I've been getting back into, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Victor's in trouble. <laughs> Victor's in trouble. Um, for those of you, I hope I'm not giving any spoilers. Oh, is that? I not, would be pissed. Is the Young and the Restless your show, or is it a different? No, it, no, the Bold and the Beautiful. The Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Ridge and Brooke are, are on the outs. It's a big oh, deal, and okay. that Brooke, they call her the slut from the valley. Um, <laughs> and I'm telling you, she's banged everybody on this fucking show, man. But I am in. I'm in. I'm in love with with Hope, the character, and the. I've actually now follow the actress on uh, Instagram and okay. and have participated in one of her Instagram lives. I'm a super fan, man. I'm a fucking <laughs> bold and the beautiful super fan. You kind of dive in headfirst into everything you get into. Though. God, I and I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. And, it. and for those of you that don't follow my story, um, you you know, get with it because it's <laughs> it's captivating. Are they? Doing we always it, say, do, are they doing it through FaceTime now with each other? <laughs> Is that the relationship? Uh, so, that, no, I've done the research, Jeff. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, fucking hard-hitting question at that. They Bold and Beautiful is about six weeks ahead of schedule on, okay. on episodes to release. Gotcha. So that being said, 
They've cut back to new episodes Monday through Thursday. And then every Friday is called Flashback Friday, as you knew, <laughs> as everyone go. knows. The, the, and I read this article that I think Young and the Restless is probably in the same boat. So we're going to be fucked in a couple weeks. But yeah. um, they're doing some things to drag it out because all the all the actors and actresses are you – know, all the production is closed down in, in Hollywood. So, um, But for Days of Our Lives, which is on the – like outs, like people are getting ready to cancel that bitch, that, you know, the Hourglass show. Oh, yeah. Story – excuse me, story. <laughs> and um, my uh, – <laughs> My poor great. I'm glad my grandmother wasn't. If, if something happens to Days of Our Lives, but they're like eight months ahead of schedule, so this might bring them back because they might be the only fucking story you can watch. Yeah. Um, during this quarantine, so, um, yeah. But um, <laughs> it's what's so funny? I, nothing, man. Start. Put, turn it on. It's a great. It's twelve thirty to one. You're missing out. I know. Yeah. It's only half an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you you know take a lunch break and watch watch my story with me. We'd. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to have somebody to chat with about it because uh, Ashley makes fun of me. My mom used to always watch it with her mom, my grandma. So, it's, but it's funny. Like she's like, "So who's Brooke sleeping with now?" Because like <laughs> it's just it's the same shit for thirty years. This thing's been on, and it, they, you, you don't miss much if you like take a couple weeks off. But I DVR it like clockwork. And your sister and, uh, is not named after this Brooke character yet. Uh, we that's a family did we, joke. Did we talk about we, that already? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think so. She's not, but I think she kind of is because uh, my mom really loved that name, and it wasn't super popular back, uh, I guess, Brooks 26. Um, did you see her uh, do a little, like, cute little uh, social media post yeah. with, uh, with with our hats that you're not wearing today? I know. I I left it in the back seat of my wife's car, and now I'm stuck with She's probably sporting garments. it. She, of course, She's probably wearing have, it. You should... You had to get that specially made for my big head. Have you seen my wife? Oh, that's a good point. It she could yeah, probably right. fit two of her heads. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Well, like I said, if I were paying you, I could find you, but I'm not paying you. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man. I um, I will say this quarantine's got me like, I mean, a little fucking emotional though. I I the other was it last weekend? Ashley and I watched. With Charlie, I made some popcorn and watched Toy Story four, and I hadn't seen mm. it yet. Have you seen it? I haven't. No. Fucking started bawling at the uh. end. Of it. I started fucking bawling at the end of Toy Story. <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> I started crying at something else the other day too. Probably something to do with Evie. I mean, we were listening to to the Good Friday service, uh-huh. and as we've stated, you know, she's she's moving on, and our hearts are broken. Not you know, not to make lay the guilt on. Oh, you're but, gonna um, you're gonna cry. To, you're gonna cry tomorrow then too. Oh fuck! Don't ruin it for me, but fuck. Um, she did the like. So we did you do the? Yeah, you know all about the the Good Friday Twelve Stations, right? Yeah. Watch each station, and she like narrated the first the whole thing, well, most of it. Yeah. And like as soon as Ashley and I heard her voice, we looked at each other, and Ashley started bawling. I'm like, and I started getting teary eyed. I'm telling you, this it, it, this quarantine's tugging on my fucking heartstrings yeah. a little bit, brother. I understand. God. And I'm not much of a. A crier, you know, occasional romantic comedy gets me. Yeah. Oh, I'll cry. I cry. <laughs> yeah. oh, do you? Are you? God bless. I'll draw. I'll cry. <laughs> you know, it gets me. Have you ever seen those like soldiers coming home to their family videos? Does oh yeah. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. cry every Instant. time. Yeah. Fucking waterworks. Instant. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, Matt. Matt. 
our pat you know on the last episode said something that that kind of wanted me to I was looking forward to sitting down with you to do this episode um and fuck I even gave you an out I said I like, do you want to take a break I know so Jeff works for the church and they are just busting it they're breaking his balls right I mean it's Easter this is their this is their like you know FedEx and UPS around around Christmas time yep uh it's like these guys during Easter. I mean, especially, well, either way, whether it's this virtual shit or it's a real life, like, because they, we combine everybody into one, it's a big, you know, it's a huge, it's our probably biggest deal of the year, right? Yeah, and, um, it was, it was going to be at Chaffetz Arena this year where the the St. Louis University Billikens play basketball. Right, right. You know, it was going to be huge. It's, I went to a, uh, a Joy Joy concert with my wife there. Yeah. Uh, to Chaffetz and I was like they weren't serving alcohol but, and I um Ashley was gonna get a glass of wine had they been but they weren't and we got a quick snack at this concession stand and I was like you guys aren't she goes oh just wait honey she goes tomorrow um and she named like a rap group that's uh-huh. coming through Chaffetz she goes this place will be blown tomorrow <laughs> you guys we got to get the church folk out so they can bring in all the. Uh, and they said it just so you walk in and you get a contact high from all the weed, and they do serve alcohol, I guess, oh at those concerts. Sounds like when I saw fucking Tomlin. I saw Cypress Hill. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> God. Cy- oh, good old Cypress. He's yep. still alive, huh? It's from the bong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Drop some beats. <laughs> yeah. Um. We uh. Yeah, we so so you're you're jammed, and I said, Jeff, fuck it, let's not, let's just take a break. We'll get back at it next Monday. I mean, we've been we dropped a midweek episode. We've been rolling since the fucking first of the year, really, and even before that, because you and I started working on this shit, you know, around Thanksgiving time Mm -hmm. together. And um, I thought, hey, let's you know, if you're jammed, let's do it. And you're like. He pretty much told me to fuck off and let's, <laughs> let's be ready at one thirty. So it's yeah. one thirty on Saturday now. We're recording, but um, when I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to come up with something to say besides yeah. just sit here and ramble like we've done the first what twenty minutes." Hey, I t- uh, to be honest, like some of the just to be honest, the bullshitting has kind of been nice for me because you know it, I think for everyone, I think everybody needs that time right now. I mean, yeah, a little bit of time to to take my mind off of everyday stuff that I'm trying to do and to talk to you. It's really good. And and that's kind of like the whole, isn't that like um, one of the like recovery mottos, sort of like you help yourself by helping people. And so I think. Oh, fuck yes. That's like exactly what I felt like doing today. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, that's well, good, man. And anytime I'm, I'm game, this is, uh, I think you bring up a good point too. Like <clears throat> just bullshitting and, and being, I, when we do this, I mean, this might sound a little fucking foo-foo, but I am. I feel in community with you when we do this and I feel in community with the people that I know that are listening. And, and every time I get caught up in like the fucking numbers of podcasts, like are people liking shit? Are people um, listening? What's the number of downloads? And I try to ignore it. That's why I don't ask you often because you kind of, it's in your bailiwick. But what happens to me and we've talked about it before is when the, the real life human being reaches out and, um, and needs help, and we and we're able to, even if it's just a fucking conversation on on the internet. Um, I don't give a fuck. That shit gets me off, man. And it, like you just said, helping people. It's it should man. Being 
feel sense of worth. Um, and yeah, it's a key to my recovery. It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge, huge key. I've been working with a guy recently and, um, he, uh, yeah, just, I mean, he's changed his life because he, he finally decided to, to listen a little bit and, um, and he saved his life. So yeah. we're, we're uh, fucked and I don't care what the online numbers are, the YouTube subscribers or, you know, all that social media hand job shit. Like mm-hmm. I get, you get caught up in it. I, I sat down with the girl one time at, uh, for coffee. That's kind of helped, you know, I've mentioned her name before on here. Her name is Beth and I uh, love her to death. She's, um, kind of got me started in the writing and, you know, we and her had me and her and I, excuse me, had a great conversation about getting caught up in that shit and and online. And it's easy to do. Like nobody, people are like, they think they're maybe more mature than they, than that. But it happens. Trust mm-hmm. me, it's happened to me. Um, like you kind of looked at like people will look down at millennials and be like, oh, you the YouTube social media influencer and kind of make fun of that shit. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. And. And that's not what we're doing, obviously. I mean, I'll go model fucking G-string bikini if somebody wants me to, and I look fucking good in it. But that's not what I'm doing here, right? Yeah. Well, um, but I but I find myself occasionally, you know, worrying, is pe- are people not listening? Is, is this, you know, it's not getting shared enough. It's not getting liked enough. Is people Are people not coming to the Pondos Anonymous Facebook page enough? Are people not going to YouTube enough? And I have to remember that conversation I had with Beth, and then I just go to my motherfucking inbox. Pardon my French here. I don't have our pastor on today, so I'm kind of letting loose. Had some built-up uh, F-bombs in me. Yeah. But I go to my inbox. I go to my Facebook Messenger. I go to um, the Pontus Anonymous page, and there's always at least one fucking person that's needing help and reaching out and we're in conversation with. So yep. as long as that shit keeps going on, you and I are going to keep bullshitting. That's and, right. Um, and, and keep putting ourselves on top of that hill hey that was screaming from the top of our lungs about this that shit. was the day one thing goal right if we can help one person and i think that's you know every day it's one person that's great so yeah let's keep keep a- on keeping on that, jeff and i and i i appreciate that because that encouragement uh is a good helps me with my anxiety um and uh this isn't a, a self-promotion blowjob here but we're yeah you know, that's that's what we're here for and like jeff said it 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 is a good break from from reality. I mean, to talk about reality, actually, it's a good break from the, you know what I mean? Fuck me. Yeah. Um, the, another thing to it is when, when Matt was on and to kind of talk about what, you know, helping people, and it's a perfect time to weave in what I was really wanting to talk about today, um, because I've been saying we'd get to it, that part two of that podcast series thing, one yep. out of three I was going to do, um, is about be, being, a reliable, uh, being reliable, right? I'm kind of sorry for stuttering a little bit, fuck. But what what you're saying and what, what I'm saying is about doing this shit on social media, doing this podcast, and people have relied on us and trusted us and and you don't see it as much because it's like it's mostly private communication in, in my inbox and my dms and, mm-hmm. and and helping people on the recovery journey like they're relying on us and they're trusting us to let us help them help themselves mm-hmm. i'll repeat that they're letting us help them help themselves 
yeah. which is it's a powerful fucking thing that's happening uh, because of this. So because Jeff and I are are yelling and people are listening, and that's that's what matters more than any any like, share, or handy you're going to get <laughs> online. So so that taking that word reliable, that's what I've wanted to talk about in this part two of this podcast series that we started a couple about a month fuck ago we were in, we were together recording it i think yeah on uh how i when i was at my worst just became a liability to everybody around me uh how bad it was in my personal alcoholism story and then part two was how i i lost all all ability to be a re- reliable member of my family um a reliable member of my friendship relationships, a reliable uncle to tons of kids. And, you know, my at the time when I wrote about it, I, I had not become a father yet. Um, and I have an older sister who has four kids. Mallory, oops, I shouldn't say their names. Her, I <laughs> God love her. Um, yeah, okay, I just counted them. There's four. <laughs> Since I don't want to get that wrong, I'll be in deep shit. Yep. Um, and then I have my cousins uh, um, locally that are like brothers to me. They have kids. I love them to death. Um, I have a cousin, you know, in, in New York who has now, I think before I wrote when I wrote this, she hadn't, but now she's has two boys. Um, one's brand new. Uh, it sounds kind of sounds like a fucking puppy. One was <laughs> one is very young, just born a couple like a month before all this. Uh, end of January, I think, or early February. So yeah. Mm. And then my like my friends, my best friends and their kids. I just I don't know if it's a real fucking Dago thing, Italian thing, or what. Can I say Dago? Two, I mean, I think it's, I'm Italian. If you're Italian, you could say it, right? Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. So, I just check in with you. I think I don't know you. Oh well, I you're, I take your word, and then so I'll I'll blame you. You blame me, and we'll be good to go. You can say so, it. So, I mean, but I'm my uncle to these kids, and when I was even eighteen or nineteen, I think I was eighteen. My one of my close friends from high school, um, okay, a- approached me and asked me to be his expectant daughter's godfather. Hmm. Now that probably is kind of a fucking Dago thing. But That's... um but I, I did. I, I was I, I'm her godfather. She's graduating high school this year and going to college next year. Um God willing. So uh, brilliant, brilliant girl. So I've always had a thing for kids. Um I was and I and being be I was always want there for them. I as much as I could be, mm-hmm. um, I. But I really, I love um, being that person that uh, people can can rely on, and I I did that well. I think up until probably up until I I I, <laughs> I got I got hooked up with that stripper, and <laughs> <laughs> I guess that you're. Your reliability um, starts going down a little bit, and I was living at that time for Chris Pondoff. I wasn't living that time for anybody else, and 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 I and I'm not I'm not throwing that gal under the bus. What I'm, but 
there was a lifestyle that I was living that involves, you know, that profession and it's, it, your reliability starts to, uh, go down a little bit when, and that's probably was the beginning of my descend in the reliability, in the reliability department, excuse Mm -hmm. me. But I, I really didn't realize it until I was deep in it after my father died. Um, and, and we've talked about it before. My my cousin called me um, on a Saturday night <clears throat> and told me that his son had had gone into cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Ali was was uh, he wasn't he was he had a he had a he had a damaged heart. He was born with a damaged heart with a congenital heart defect, but uh, he wasn't sick like. You know, we were all hopeful, and, and I, I don't, I may be speaking wrong, but I, we were, he, he was doing okay. Um, he wasn't fully healthy. We were, I think, back then anticipating uh, going on a list for a transplant. He was a, or he might have been. But you, you get a call that your, you know, thirteen-month-old nephew had a heart, has a heart attack. You, you drop everything, right? Yeah. Well, for me, it was drop the fucking cocktail at Fridays and oh shit, what do I do? Cause it was a Saturday night if I remember correctly. And I was, you know, fuck it was a Saturday night. I don't need to say anything. I mean, probably started around lunchtime, maybe a little earlier, but I, I, you get hit with that news and you, you gotta go, mm. you gotta go, you gotta roll. So luckily, um, Kathy, who, who we who just passed away? God mm-hmm. bless her, and uh, we kind of dedicated that episode into that one episode to her. Who was was managing the bar, and she was sitting next to me when I got the call, and she just saw my face, and she knew this was serious shit. So she she said, "Do not let him leave until I get back, and no more." She cut you know cut me off. I mean, it's all we know, right? Mm-hmm. And she went to the gas station, got me two large coffees, and she goes, "You can leave after you finish the first one because I know I'm not going to be able to stop you, but I can stall you." Mm. So I, I sat for about an hour and had a coffee because I, for some reason, I, I don't think I would have had this self restraint, but she, that was what she got out of me. She got an hour, and then I drove from from Belleville to Cardinal Glennon, and for it's a suburb of St. Louis on the Illinois side of the river. For those of you that are not familiar with St. Louis, um, and I, 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 I mean, I drove. And I no nowhere fucking near the legal limit, but I was such of a drunk. Like you, your tolerance is okay. Um, enough to get me from point A to point B. God bless, because there's so many times it could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. So I got to the hospital, and we pretty much camped out there for for three or four days in the PICU until he finally passed away. But that's when it hit me that my life had become. So, because you don't realize it when you're going through it. Like I said, when it started, was four or five years before that, uh, even before uh, Tom died. It was a, you know, a slow descend in in the reliability and credibility department. They both those words are probably interchangeable. So, but that's when it hit me. Um, 
Matt was in the fucking pick you with us. Uh, Linda Gastridge, you remember Linda? Oh, I love Linda. I, I do too. She's she's been her, dude. Her nighttime shit has been getting Ashley and I through this. Yeah, I it's appointment television for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, like her like night nine thirty prayer she does at night and yeah. So when 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 somebody goes through shit like that with your family, like you just don't ever forget them That's and right. you love them forever. So Linda, love you. Um, and she, she's been, she's, I guess unofficially, I, I guess I can't, maybe, I want to say endorsed, but she's, she said a positive word or two about this podcast, believe, so yeah. even with the language considering, so that was, uh, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were there and you, you sit around and you, you, you do a little self inventory when shit like that goes around, goes on. Um, in fact, his final day was I think I've mentioned this before, the one 24-hour clock cycle that I, I lasted, or excuse me, that I made it, that I made, did sober right. uh, without a drink in 10-something years, um, almost 10 years. So, you know, after that happened, that was, and then after the, the funeral, it still took me a while to check into rehab, about a year and maybe 13, 14 months. And... But that's when the seed sprouted a little bit that I knew that I had become I was no I was no longer that reliable person that people could come to me with their even if it's just a chat about some bullshit that sh- they're struggling with. Um, uh, my little sister had told me at one point, "I'm going to need you to walk me down the aisle one day," but yet the way you're living, it's not, you're not even going to fucking be alive. So shit like that'll hit you, man. And I don't want to be the guy that they can't call if I'm, if there's an emergency in the family. Um, and this was before I became a father, uh, which now it's just like, holy shit. There's, there's no way, but that's the kind of life I lived for years was you couldn't call me to ask me, Hey, I got to run. Somebody's in the hospital. Can you even, can you come here and just put something in the microwave for little fucking Billy or who, you know, name that kid or, um, Hey, so-and-so fell. Um, we need a, we need, can you come by or can you give a ride? Can you know, somebody was an accident. You need to pick them up and take them somewhere. Like I couldn't do any of that shit because I was fucking drunk. Like, mm. not a drunk. I was a drunk, but I was literally drunk. Right there, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do any of that shit. You couldn't call. You couldn't call Chris, and 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 that that fucking stuck with me. That stuck with me from from really after uh, after that incident in the hospital. Well, not, it wasn't much of an incident. I mean, I was there, they were grateful I was there, but there was, you know, everybody's so swept up in this tragedy. They probably didn't know who the fuck am I kidding? I mean, they knew I had been drinking all day. Mm. They didn't have time to worry about it, but, um, I don't think I was acting belligerent or anything, but you know, it, I had become that guy that you just think fucking can't call for anything. Right. And, and I've always wanted to share that story and share those because that wasn't the only time. I mean, there that's just that's when it fucking rips your heart out. And those are oftentimes the times that define us. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So when I checked into rehab, I mean, I had a, I had a pen. I had a, we, Ollie's pen. I actually got it right here. Oh, now since we're on YouTube, can you see that? Oh yeah, that's our little guy, man. And I, I, uh, I have you know hearts around us and all that shit. I mean, that's really he's our like family, I, guardian angel and all from you know my cousin and his wife and the whole whole family and um he helped me i mean I, I took his i took his pen with me and and watching watching that his parents put their feet in front of one another to make steps um was in their through their grief journey was uh i i'm forever in debt and now Shortly after I got sober, I became a guy people could call and people could trust again. And it all goes back to what you said. And that's why, I mean, it was fucking didn't prompt you or hold up a cue card on your ass (laughs) to say it. Um, it, That feeling of worth is a, I can't, I can't describe it, but it's a, it's like fuel in a empty fucking tank. Um, it gets it keeps me fucking going yeah. and we we laugh i it, it, when i was in rehab i got prescribed that trazodone mm-hmm. uh, to help me sleep and i still take still take it at night and it's you know it helps a little bit things i need depression but it it's a, it helps me sleep and um i get a solid 6 7 8 if i'm ever lucky enough to get 8 uh with a trazodone, when my when my sister, younger sister, who just did some nice little, she's beautiful, ain't she? She's she so beautiful. Some yep. and that was a good looking hat, wasn't it? That was good. Um, she, you know, back early twenties in college, and she she went to a school in Springfield, Missouri, Missouri State. Um, a couple times when she'd come home, and she was going out with her friends, and even after college, you know, she's in her young 20s, so just imagine. If she was knew she was going to be out late, she'd always tell me, don't take your pill, because I might need to call you for a ride. No. So <laughs> that was the, became the joke, like, oh, shit, if Chris took his pill, I'm going to have to call mom. But So she didn't want to have to call my mom. She wanted to call me. Right. Pick her at drunk ass up from a bar or something. Um, but that yeah, so being that that guy that's reliable again that people can call with an emergency and I can drop anything like normal people and and be there um it it's incredibly powerful to me just mm-hmm. to to have that back uh I'm lucky to get it back from like for instance friends family these people I've spoke about my cousin and his wife um because it's, it could have easily been broken and gone after some of my drunk shit. I remember one time I just used to call people at like two thirty in the morning and want to chat with them. Right, mm-hmm. like get the fuck out of here, Chris. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, when when my cousin's wife was was pregnant with Ali, I would they were on my list. Like, call and just hey, what the fuck? What's going on? You know, just all shit faced and. <laughs> Finally, she sent me a text. She's like, Chris, I, I'm really struggling with this pregnancy. Please don't call me anymore drunk after midnight. Well, any, or, really. <laughs> and I, I took, I, I was so 
and living in this life of alcoholism and a chip on my shoulder and pissed off at everybody. I got really mad at her and sent her a text. Like, it just wasn't, I hate even thinking about it, talking about it. My stomach cringes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Mark had to kind of pull me aside and be like, you're fucking out of line. Your, 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 your life's unmanageable. Don't fucking, you know, if you ever, heaven forbid people go to sleep at 10 o'clock at night that are pregnant. Like you're up drinking on a Tuesday fucking night till three in the morning, shit like that. So I was able to repair all that. I, I, I hope. Um, and incidents like that just stick in my crawl to this day. I still, I still feel like shit for doing things like that, but, but yeah, man, there's nothing better. Um, and nothing I'm more grateful for, for, for getting that sense of being a reliable person in people's lives back yeah. after have losing it. Cause I had it at one point and then the, the disease of alcoholism and which, which led to lots of cocaine use and living a nocturnal fucking lifestyle, man. It just, you, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I take I take a lot of pride in in being a, a reliable person, a person that someone can trust uh, and can can lean on if needed. So, so with that being said, that's uh, that's my my part two. Um, and the next time we all kind of sit down together without a guest, I can talk about part three, which is about learning the for me learning the word humility. Mm, and uh yep so it was the how's the saying goes good bad ugly so it was the ugly liability because you got ugly my mm. life had gotten fucking ugly uh the bad was reliability because i wasn't not only was i not reliable i i became you know i i, I was the bad liability because people like, what if I would have fucking gotten a, uh, I almost dropped GD. What if mm. I would have gotten a fucking car accident on the highway and brutally injured myself or killed myself and put that shit on my family? Well, you know, we have a 13 month old in the fucking, li- uh, on life support. Yeah. I get, that just makes me fucking sick to my stomach. That is that behavior. But, and it's not an excuse. I, I certainly, I was accountable for it because I was letting the disease in the, in the, pardon the pun, the driver's seat of my life. Mm. Um, instead of me and me and good old Jesus being in the driver's seat of my life. So, yeah. Whew, anyway, um, yeah. So next time we get together, it's just us. I can tell that story. Um, and, and some, you know, uh, Joey said something when he was on, like, I'm not trying to glorify what we did in the past at all, and that's not the point. So I, I, I can share some stories about how fucking there are some funny ones about yeah. my drunk ass, and there's some pictures out there to fucking prove it. Um, I think we posted one the other day of me, you know, pass out on my floor with my dog, like looking over me at my couch. Mm-hmm. Um. Other, sh- you know, and that's the bottom rung of the ladder. So, I can weave some of those in, but I do. I don't ever want it to come off as like we're glorifying it. It's really just to point out how fucking stupid they were and how lucky I am to be alive. Yeah, you know. 
But um, have you ever jumped out of a moving car, shit-faced drunk, to go fight some fat fuck at uh, <laughs> Centerfield Tavern? No, no, none of those things. I've never. You don't gone. watch Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> you don't get all shit-faced at a neighborhood tavern. Did you? I had a memory pop up on Facebook uh, recently. I, I I shared it. It was. Have you ever been to Mojax? No. All right, so it's Mojax with an M, as in Mary. It is a literal neighborhood tavern, so it's it's on the corner of um, two, you know, on two streets that in, in a very residential area in like old, an old Belleville, right? Yeah, on the East End. And I think I know where uh, it is. It's off of B Street, so is it, it's is it near your sister's house? Yeah, I guess it can be. Yeah, that's. Okay. But there's a there's a there's another one over there. Oh, okay. That's probably night moves that you're talking about. But, Maybe. Uh, Mojex is a for just description purposes probably a blue collar tavern, right? Mm-hmm. Neighborhood tavern. And uh, 2011, I think the memory was from. And I, since I reshared it on Facebook, I've been putting the pieces of the puzzle back together and. <laughs> My favorite NASCAR driver, Matt Kenseth, best ever in the history of the planet, um, won a race that day. And when he won a race, it was like you, you get – it's like your team – I would put equate it to when the Blues would win a playoff series mm. because at the time it wasn't all that often. Um, and it's not every day that your favorite driver wins a race. So – you know, he like the year he uh, won a championship. He won one race out of thirty six. He just had good finishes, top five, top ten, good finishes. I had a good finish last night. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so he had won that race. So I was on one. I think it was a Saturday night race. And then I I was at Mojacks and I was outside with these fucking bikers. They all look like they're in Hell's Angels, right? Um, <laughs> badass fucking bearded motherfuckers tatted all up. Yeah. And I'm smoking a cigarette with them. Well, I had forgot that I had told my 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 mom and dad where i was at and they were up like up the hill at, at downtown bell at a nice wine bar and yep. they're like we're gonna stop by mojax and have a drink with you and i forgot i told them that because i'm outside shooting the shit with these bikers a cigarette hanging out of my mouth and my mother comes walking up and she rips the cigarette out of my mouth and throws it on the ground and she looks at the bikers she points her finger in their <laughs> face and says he is not to be smoking but she told these bikers. Almost got me fucking killed, yeah. man. And your mom's not uh, a, a tall or uh, a big woman. <laughs> no. No. But she, she listen, she, and she was blaming them for, I mean, for for my smoking. Yeah. So there's uh, there's some there's some good stories that can. That, <laughs> That's amazing. That, that we can share about. Uh, about some of my my drunken days, even at that tavern, but yeah, yeah there was um, that was a fun night, uh, and I, I'm smiling just remembering it, which is probably makes for a bad podcast radio or whatever the fuck we're doing. Yeah. But uh, um, man, I uh, when people listen to this, they're going to it's going to be after Easter, and and I really my my prayer is that something about this week um with the quarantine in one and then holy week and you know all the symbolism that's there that 
that there's some message that resonates for all of y'all that can help you get through another day, another week, another month of of a tough time. So that's our hope and prayer. And, um, and I don't know, man, how are you going to, what are you going to do since today's Saturday and tomorrow's Easter? Are you, you and Brittany going to just enjoy Easter together? Yeah, I've got to, Make sure Easter happens, you know, on the internet. Right, right. Um, but after that, we're doing. Yeah, don't f- listen. Don't fuck that up. Okay, yeah, we're really I'll do my planning best. on it. And <laughs> really counting on that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do a, like little breakfast casserole and some brunch and you know that kind of deal and uh, hang out. But I tell you, I'll, I'll say this too: we've invited you, uh, our listeners, time and again to check out our church. And I don't want to always bang that drum like you you've said before. But uh, I think this, since I work at the church, I'm privy to the the basic theme of what our pastor is going to talk about because I help him design his his slides and, and presentation stuff. And I really think that this is a good message. And even though this is airing after Easter, it's still available. Like go to gatheringnow.org and find it. You can still watch it. Uh, I really think that, that it's worth it to check out this year. It's It's great. I, I'm glad you said that, Jeff, um, because it's you, you, if you got time on your hands, which and I'm not assuming you all do, but there statistically is more time on our hands during all this shit, mm-hmm. and to turn that on and to just give it—I mean, he does it. This isn't some long-winded, you know, Catholic mass, mm-hmm. um, and and I use that term because that'll resonate with some of you guys listening. Yeah, everybody bitches about a Catholic wedding, right? Right. Because it's going to be so fucking long. Well, this ain't like that. And I, I haven't heard tomorrow's message, but he, he sh- it, it's a, you're, it's over before you know it because he relates to your real life. He, it's just, he's fucking good, man. Yeah. I mean, let's just talk, let's just sell how it is. The fucker's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And, and he's heartfelt. And he, I posted on Facebook, he walks the talk, right? Yes. He just doesn't bullshit. So, I'm glad you said that because I always have – what I always say is what the fuck do you have to lose? If you're at rock bottom, approaching rock bottom, trying to climb up from rock bottom, you know, what the fuck do you have to lose? Give right. it a 30-minute hour listen. I mean, and that's the whole service with all the pretty good fucking music and, mm-hmm. you know, all that shit. So, so yeah, I'm glad you said that, Jeff, because it's just because it, this episode drops the Monday after Easter. I mean, there's no better time. Start right. and 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 this, the whole story behind the resurrection is that you know life can come out of death and your life can fucking be transformed out of what you f- if you're feeling it's nothing and no hope that's not true and you can you can fucking do it. Yep. So I've seen it. Jeff's seen it. We see it. I mean, it's not. This isn't hocus pocus made up bullshit. This is real. And people's lives can fucking change, man. Mm-hmm. Um so amen, Jeff. I'm glad yeah. you said that, brother. So yeah, you guys are just gonna uh crush some breakfast casserole and chill, huh? Yeah. And then try to figure out what to do with a day off when you can't do anything on Monday. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this podcast over and over again on Monday. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. I can't do it because I fucking hate the sound of my voice. Yeah, I can't either. You listen, tell me how it goes. Yeah, we'll do. On the uh did you tell me too that the the overall, like you were on some sites or some some groups, and the 
podcasting numbers are down. Um, yeah, man. The, during this? Yeah, everybody, I think it's because people aren't driving in their cars. Yeah, that's everybody says yeah, their yeah, numbers yeah. are a little down. So, And uh, they're you know, not going to the gym. The, only, the people that people that tell me when they listen to most is commuting and then the gym, and none of that shit's happening. Yeah, but. I know the gym part real well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. I got to get my reps in. Yeah. I got to get my, hey, I got I to gotta do today's quads, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do my quads today. Fuck. I'm t- if you can't, baby, I'm doing the jerk off sign. If you guys uh, on the radio can't hear me or see me, yeah. um, be out of here. But uh, all right, well, yeah, we'll let you guys go. It's approaching our. We keep this right under an hour. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. That stuff matters. Not from a uh, social media facial, but from a reach standpoint. Um, there's a lot of people out there that need help, and the more tools they have, the better, and we just want to be one of their available tools. So um, I just called us tools. It's a, you know, I've been called worse by you. You've been called a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. I love it. Um, kind of coming alive today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, you and Brittany, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, happy Easter to, uh, to all of you that, that listen. I hope it was great. I hope um, – that you you find some some hope uh, if you're lacking it, mm-hmm. and some some joy if you're lacking it because it's it's available to be had. And and I do want to close with a uh, a little bit of a heavy heart for for a cousin of mine mm-hmm. who's um, who's going through uh, another just death grip of loss. Um, some real fucking grief and um a a road that that she's navigated uh with the utmost grace and beauty and wisdom and inspiration that i've ever witnessed anybody navigate and uh she finds herself on that on that on that journey again and um I just my heart is is so consumed with with love and prayer for her and her family um her two little girls and her husband and um i i i just i just jen i love you and i um i i selfishly i need you because you you your grief journey uh save save me from my deathbed and that's a literal statement so please uh cling tight um and uh show us the way as you always do uh we're praying for you so hard um and we love you amen all right guys happy easter um resurrect your life uh, you're you're certainly able to and we're here to help let us pray if you're struggling or know someone that is please please have them check out our podcast and reach out to chris or me we want to listen and we're super eager to help pondoff's anonymous is chris pondoff and produced by me jeff allen our music is anti-hero by mccall and gentle waters by wild wonder for more information visit pondoffsanonymous.com find us on facebook and instagram 